0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to Elevate Men. Um, Today is going to be about childhood trauma, trauma in general, and men, um, and getting a little bit more in depth to it. Um, I found this article before this, and I really want to read it to you guys just because it has so much powerful stuff in it. Um, and, And just to preface, like, it talks about, so these are, like, heterosexual relationships between men and women. So the article talks about that and this girl's experience with, you know, dating men, marrying men that had unresolved trauma and weren't willing or weren't really able to address it or work through it. So, um, you know, a lot of it is kind of like, I can tell that there's like a bit of anger and like frustration within this article. However, like people need to know that if you don't heal your trauma, if you don't work through your trauma, you're going to be spilling it over onto someone else, especially in your relationships and your marriages. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty powerful. So I'm going to read that real quick. I've already got it pulled up. Okay, so this was written by Mar. It just says Marley K. Um, understanding men and trauma and how they are impacted by it. So... It says, over the past few months, some men in my life, including my dad, have revealed childhood traumas. These deeply troubling revelations are helping me understand why these men were so terrible to me and others in their orbit who loved them. Most of these men have acknowledged with their past a huge step towards healing and atoning. The past for them includes pain from physical and sexual abuse, sadness, anger, neglect, loneliness, isolation, and lots of distrust. The older I get, the more I realize carrying around bags of poop on our backs, not only prevents us from having a more pleasurable life for our own benefit, but those bags of poop negatively impact the lives of everyone around us. (laughs) I love that she says bags of poop. We all have bags. Some people just make others carry those bags for them. Men have directly and indirectly ruined a plethora of women's lives because they don't deal with their issues head on. Um, That's a pretty harsh statement, but I mean, it's true. Um, And again, this is talking about heterosexual relationships. Not trans relationships, not a, you know, like not bisexual or gay relationships, so this is just heterosexual. Um, most men will carry their bags of poop to their graves unless they have a trusted friend or confidant to confide in. When they confide in um, friends, spouses, lovers, or exes, it can be a monumental reveal. Sometimes it's the last piece of the puzzle, at least that's how I feel about it. We women may know that something is wrong with the men in our lives, we just don't have the proof. Men being trained at a young age to not acknowledge their feelings, try to hide them. They just manifest themselves in our lives in other ways, ways that hurt lots of women and girls. Those scars stay with us for a lifetime. Again, that's very powerful, um, but it's true. Um, Men, if you you are in a relationship, if you are married, uh, shit, even if you're just single, please understand this um, because, Yes, you may be, you know, carrying around stuff. Yes, you may not necessarily be, like, actively struggling with it or whatever. But, you know, women, especially, like, with with the people that I've dated and with the person I'm with, I can tell when something is, like, wrong, right? Like, a lot of women, we just, we can tell when something's wrong. So, um, even if it's not said, even if it's not spoken, like, we can still, like, a lot of the time feel that hurt from the other person. And it's frustrating because... We can't do anything about it. You know, the responsibility ultimately lies within that person, right? So it makes it difficult. So the next section is the impact of childhood physical and emotional abuse on boys. I believe past traumas from physical, sexual, mental, and emotional emotional abuse suffered by our parents can be transferred to their children. Absolutely. Because boys are not taught to be strong or... Excuse me, sorry, because boys are usually taught to be strong, not cry, and not talk about their pain, and sometimes often have trust issues because caretakers responsible for their well-being violated that trust. The trauma may manifest later in life when they are older, more settled, with more time to reflect on their past. Let's face it, society doesn't protect our boys the same way we protect our girls. Let me say that again. Society doesn't protect our boys the same way we protect our girls. It's very true. Making it easier for predators to molest our sons. Also true. Most times when we hear about sexual assault, we immediately think of women and girls. Rarely do we think of young young boys and male teenagers as, as victims of sexual violence and child molestation. That's because women, unfortunately, control the messaging partly because we are victimized the most. Which is true, but it also, like, we have to work towards making sure that our boys are protected. I have dated men who told me their first sexual encounter was with an adult female babysitter or caretaker in middle school. One male acquaintance told me his first sexual encounter was with his female middle school teacher, Jesus. I was pretty floored hearing about the prevalence of childhood sexual abuse among young African American boys from men because it's so underreported. The author of this article is African American, just for context. The trauma from losing innocence and the lack of experience dealing with premature sexual activity is a lot for young men to comprehend alone. We often create our monsters by looking the other way or ignoring the subtle signs of childhood abuse and trauma. There are signs. There are always signs. Powerful. Very, very powerful. When we don't help boys deal with their childhood abuse issues as kids, they just manifest in other ways throughout adulthood. Absolutely. Sometimes trauma from childhood abuse reappears as habitual cheating, serial dating, child abuse, either emotional, physical, sexual, anger issues, poor marriages, poor parenting, horrible coping skills, poor communication skills, substance abuse and addiction, mental health issues, and personality disorders. Um, Dissociation from childhood trauma is often a telltale sign of some form of child abuse or neglect. Blocking out conscious awareness of trauma does not mean that the survivors are not impacted by their trauma. It just means they're refusing to deal with it. I see that a lot uh, with our clients, and uh, there's a lot of avoidance. So, yeah. So, I'm going to skip over the rest most of this. Um, but I I'm going to put the link to it. But basically, guys, the the whole point of this is to understand that it isn't just about you. Um, your your unresolved trauma, your unresolved stuff is uh at some point going to play out later in life whether whether you're a guy or a girl. Um, so the sooner that's, that you know, that stuff is intervened with the easier it's going to make your life because you're going to know how to cope effectively. You're going to know how to communicate with your partners and you're going to know how to just communicate with people in general. Um, but that is, that is the reason for a therapy. You know, a lot of people have this misconception of therapy and counseling that, you know, oh, it's just talking about the same stuff or, oh, it's just, You know, someone listening to me while I bitch for an hour. No, therapy is where you go in to actively work on yourself. However, the client directs that. So if you say, I don't really know what to work on, how is the therapist really going to be able to help you? You know, so like you get out of therapy what you put into it. If you are ready to do the work and you're ready to tackle all of that trauma, um, you know, it's probably going to be pretty beneficial for you. But if you go in there and you're just not really, not really working on it, just kind of dancing around and kind of talking about other stuff, um, it's not really going to help you heal as much. And it doesn't mean that it's it's not going to be effective at all, but it's one of those things that you really do have to show up and, and do the work. Uh, there's a reason that people put off going to therapy because it's hard, right? Like it's hard to talk about stuff. It's hard to talk about loss and grief and abuse and all of that stuff. It's incredibly difficult, especially for men in this society, and they've been encouraged to not do that and and not cry and not do these things. And so I know that it's hard when you're getting to, like, conflicting sides at this point because, you know, mental health has been a pretty hot topic the past couple of years because of COVID. Um, COVID has really propelled a lot of stuff forward with mental health services, um, just to make them more accessible, right? Because we couldn't, you know, for a long time, my clinic, you know, we really didn't have clients coming in. It was all telehealth. It was all online. So it really kind of propelled the the telehealth stuff forward even more. Um, of course it existed before I I had done telehealth before COVID, but it, it does make it more accessible, um, but then you get into insurance issues and all of that crap. So we're not even going to go there. But, uh, yeah, so I really wanted to share that article just because it it's true. Um, it's true. We have a responsibility as people to, to work through our trauma, especially as adults, right? Like, obviously, your trauma, your abuse is not your fault. Um, please don't ever think that it is the people that were supposed to protect you failed to do that and that is not something that you um need to carry but it's I know that that's easier said than done I know it's way way easier said than done so um but when we talk about trauma there's so many different things that it could mean you know emotional physical sexual you name it you know um so it's 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 a lot, and it affects everybody so differently. Some people are comfortable talking about it. Some people are not. Some people literally just, like, feel like they can't talk about it. Um, but, again, at some point it's going to manifest, as the article says. It, it does manifest. I have seen this play out with men before. Um, and it really sucks because it's it's kind of just, like, this big barrier that's in the way, especially in relationships. And we, you know, as, as partners, we don't always know what to do. Cause it's like, you can't force someone to, to talk about that stuff, but it is really, really important to do that so that you can have a healthier relationship so that you can like, you know, really start feeling happier and, and not as weighed down because it's like if you carry all that stuff with you it weighs you down you know like the bags of poop that that we talked about in the article um if you keep hearing jingling it's because i'm in my car and my knees keep hitting my keys um so it's a big deal and you know like the article said it's it's so underreported not even just amongst african-american boys and men but really all men and, and boys it's just it's terrifying that this happens as often as it does and I hate it. I absolutely hate it. The amount of kids that I saw come through whenever I worked in an inpatient place with kids that had a reactive attachment disorder, a lot of them were boys and a lot of them had severe trauma, sexual, emotional, physical, you name it, they had it. And uh, I saw the effects of it play out, you know, right in front of my eyes. Um just with them, and then you know, I got into working with adults, and it's like you can kind of see when someone might have some unresolved trauma. Um, there's you know, there's a lot of indicators, especially if someone is using and um, you know, just kind of avoiding everything and just like numbing themselves, like that's pretty big sign. Um, but yeah, so that that ACE questionnaire that I talked about in the last episode is typically what we use to figure out someone's childhood trauma score. So it goes up to 10 lowest is zero highest is 10, 10 is like real bad. Um, so that was developed in order to kind of get, get a gauge of, of how, you know, over, over a lifetime, how is this going to impact me? How is this going to impact my physical health, my mental health? Um, So it's been a really, really great study and tool to have within the clinical world because it it helps us to understand them a lot better. Um, So we we use that. I believe it was developed, oh gosh, in the 70s maybe. I don't have all that information in front of me at the moment. I apologize. But it's really helpful for us to gauge that stuff. And then there's also the... um, I do not know what it what it is a like what the abbreviation means, but the PCL-5 um, is it, it is a PTSD screening and uh, it helps us to be able to diagnose or rule out a diagnosis of PTSD. So that's pretty cool. Um, there's a bunch of different questions. It just talks about like describe the most traumatic event in your life, and then you answer a series of questions and then kind of based on the severity of all those symptoms, you get your score, and then either you fall within that criteria of PTSD, or you don't, and it's ruled out as a diagnosis, so yeah, so unresolved trauma within men can result in a lot of things, and it's, it doesn't mean that they are bad, or something is like, you know, super messed up with them, it's just if you keep all that stuff in, like I said, it's going to weigh you down, and, uh, it's something that really has to be talked about, and I know it's hard, but the more people do it, the easier it will be, and the more people, um, will be healed and feel, you know, more comfortable just coping, coping through life, basically, so I, uh, this is why I'm so passionate about it, just because, like, a lot of this stuff, you guys, is preventable. Um, you're not doomed if you have childhood trauma. You're not doomed if you were abused as a kid. Like, you're not. So it's, you know, a lot of people, men and women, kind of take on that victim role. And that is so destructive because then it's like the the person views everything through this lens of, like, you're attacking me. You're doing all these things to me because that was their life for so long in childhood or whatever, which makes sense but that doesn't make it okay to, you know, place blame on other people or, you know, just constantly accuse someone of like attacking you or whatever whenever they're just trying to tell you how they feel about something like that's not that's not what we want. Um the therapist that I work with, you know, he our caseload is mostly men with trauma. So we we always say to clients, you know, I understand you have trauma, but, like, it doesn't give you an excuse to treat people like shit. And it's so true. Like, yes, you know, people are going to be understanding if you have childhood trauma, but that doesn't mean that you can just, like, be crappy and be like, oh, it's my trauma. Like, you can't, no, like, that's not cool. Um, You know, we, we're human. We mess up. It's okay to just be like, hey, like, I had a really bad day. I was really triggered. This is what happened. Like, you know, communicating how you feel is so important. Um, and I'm going to do... Kind of like, I don't want to say like coaching episodes, but just kind of like educational episodes on like, how do you communicate how you feel? Like, I feel like with a lot of people, we kind of just have to go back to basics and just talk about, um, you know, how to communicate. How do you communicate healthily with somebody? So I'm going to get into that as well, because a lot of people just did not have an example of that. They never learned it. Some of you that are listening right now may may not have ever learned it. So um, I think that's something that I'm going to do maybe next week or the week after. I'm not entirely sure. So, um, And I'll go into depth more about each of the types of abuse and kind of the impact, but this is just a general overview of it, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I just I wanted to really shed some light on that because it's so important to address this stuff and make sure that you are the the best version of yourself not only for you but if you are in a relationship also for your partner because it will absolutely um, help the relationship grow and help the relationship be more healthy so with that being said this is a fairly short episode because I am on my lunch break but hopefully you guys enjoyed Hopefully, you guys learned something, um, and I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week. I will be back next week with a new episode. My Instagram is at Elevate Podcast, and I don't remember if I made a Twitter. I really don't remember. So, anyway, um, sorry that this was, like, really all over the place. ADHD problems, what up? But thank you guys from the bottom of my heart to those of you who have listened or are listening. Um, it really does mean a lot. I don't have a great, like huge following right now, but, uh, hopefully that'll change. And I don't mean that like for me to make money or whatever. I just want more people to get this conversation going and keep it going because men's mental health matters, y'all. All right. I will see you next week.